Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. everybody who's listening on the podcast we really welcome you if you if you're listening to this by podcast we're grateful that you've logged in and we pray that you have as great a time as we have um so just to say we really welcome you all right ladies and gentlemen it's seven o'clock and so let's say a prayer and, and we will kick off and as and our prayer is very simple that god will be kind to us our Father and our God, we ask in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray, Father Almighty God, as we go into your word, that tonight you take all control. Not only do you take control, but you cause your word to do exactly what you have determined it to do, to give strength, to give comfort, and to give life. Father, we pray for everybody who's on the call, wheresoever they may be, meet them at the point of their need. We pray also for those who are plugging in by um podcast we really appreciate that and we ask you father almighty god to bless them specially and we commit tonight into your hand in the name of our lord and savior jesus christ amen and amen and so ladies and gentlemen tonight is um our third session on how god brings the new into um into the world into our lives and takes us from where we are to where he would like us to be and the reason we're doing that is I Good evening, Pastor Anna. Oh, good evening. Uh, good evening. How are you? I'm not too good at the moment. I had um, some injection over the weekend in my spine. All right, then you know what? Let's say a prayer for you. Just before you mute yourself, let yeah. me say a prayer. Let me say a prayer specifically for you. Okay, Father thank Almighty, you. Father Almighty God, we pray in the name of our Lord and Savior, that Father, that all the injections that she had in her spine are not only effective, but that you lay your hands upon her back. And we pray, my Father, for anybody else who is believing God for healing in any way, shape, or form, we pray in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that, Father, healing will be granted to them. We thank you for allowing us to gather as a family, and we pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you. It's a pleasure. It's okay. a pleasure. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, remember, this is all about family. And this is what the Bible study is about. It's about us gathering as a family and sharing the word of God together. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what we're going to do is we're going to jump right in. We're going to continue from where we left off. If you would like to catch up, the podcasts are there. The two previous episodes are there. And so tonight we're going to continue from where we from where we stopped and let's see how far we go before um before we get to the end tonight and again if you have any questions please put them in the chat we really appreciate your questions and we're quite excited about that and so tonight the next thing we're looking at we're looking at so we've looked so i'll go through the topics we've already gone through just to give you an idea and that will hopefully if you are listening by podcast bring you up we did say that god will always proceed the new with revelation we spoke about that 
And then we spoke about that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit will work together to bring the new into reality. And therefore, we do not have a reason to be afraid. God is on our side. Third, we looked at the fact that God and man will work in tandem. When God's bringing the new into the world, there's a responsibility for you and I to play our part as much as God has done his part, he would expect us to play our part. Then we spoke about that God will always expect the response of belief. And we spoke about that, that the ingredient of faith is always going to be expected as the new comes into the world. And then the next thing we looked at was, and this is, what we, this is where we stopped last week, and that God will always work through the medium of obedience. When God wants to bring the new into the world, he will always work through the medium of obedience. And so those are the subjects that we've covered. And like I said, they are on the podcast. So tonight, where do we start? We're going to start from the fact that this, and, and I'll put it into the chat. So you have it as a title is that God will make the new a reality by an exertion of his power. There we go. So God will make the newer reality by the exertion of his power. And so that's what we're going to look at tonight. And this is it's going to be a wonderful one. It's actually because our base scripture is one. It's just a wonderful scripture. And so if you could turn in your Bibles, please, ladies and gentlemen, and we will dive right in to Ephesians chapter one. And we're going to read from 17 and we're going to stop at 23. Um, Ephesians 1, 17, and we're going to stop at 20. I've put it into the chat for you. So that's pretty much okay. And then Ephesians 1, 17 to 23. I'm going to read from the King James Version of the Bible. Um, I will also have it open. I probably, if, if necessary, I will read it from um, one or two other versions of the Bible. Um, but right now I will read from the King James version of the Bible. And the Bible says the following. That the, uh, if you to start for clarity, I'll read verse 16. And Paul is saying that I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. So he's now about to de detail what he prays. And the Bible says the following. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that ye may know what is his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, and then it goes on to say, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And the Bible says at verse 22, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head 
over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what we're going to look at there is our focus, although we could spend weeks, and I say that without reservation, and it's not, it's not an exaggeration, pretty much every phrase can be discussed for a reasonable amount of time. But what I want you to realize is that God is giving us a measure. The Bible gives us a measure of the kind of power that God will exert when he's bringing the new into the world. Now, the beautiful thing about this prayer is first Paul prays for us. And we've spoken about that. And we've spoken about the fact that in the process of that spoken, all these are all the things that we need. We need the spirit of wisdom, which in essence is the capacity for us to be able to understand how God is doing things, why God is doing things, seeing things from God's perspective. That's a very simple way to describe wisdom, a very simple way to describe wisdom. And then it says that the two things will happen, that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and then revelation in the knowledge of him. We spoke about that at the first point, that God will reveal to you what he has done in and through Jesus Christ. And that will form the foundation of what he's going to do next. The third thing is the combination of the two. That is the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him combined produce the following. The Bible says the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. And then the Bible says that you may know. It's really interesting that when a man comes to understand that this is what God is doing, the way he responds to things is quite different. Um, there, uh, um, there's a, there are multiple examples in the Bible, but again, tonight we're going to hone in on one thing. Um, and so understanding, and then the Bible sets the following, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. God has a an expectation, not an, an expectation for what he has called you for. So when the Bible says the, um, the callings and the, the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance, and the Bible also says in Jeremiah chapter um, 29, reading from verse 11, the Bible says, and I'll put that in the chat because I've, I've referred to it. I'll put that in the chat, hopefully, um, so you can follow along. Jeremiah 29, reading from verse 11, and I will pull that up. So Jeremiah 29, 11, so I can read it. And the Bible says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. And so you realize that God has an expectation on what he has placed within you and what he has called you to do. The next thing the Bible says is what the riches of his inheritance in the saints. The Lord has filled you with himself many times to make who you are and what you are unique so that when you address life and life itself, that you can do what you've been called to do in such a way that God gets to glory. The Bible says that God has 
filled you with the riches of his glory of his inheritance it's quite a lot there's there's so god has filled you you are not facing tomorrow ill-equipped the lord has honestly done more for you than you realize and then paul keeps going and he says what is then he comes to the part that i want you to notice and then he says and what is the exceeding greatness of his power the king james says to usward basically towards us that means the level of power that is available to you to get done what god has asked you to get done and he says who and the key for you to accessing that power he says who believes so when you believe that god remember we said that the ingredient of faith will be absolutely necessary he said on the back of that it gives you access and then the bible says that he will exert his power now Ladies and gentlemen, please remember what Paul is talking about. And this will lead us nicely up to our declaration. Paul is talking about God doing something that has never been done before. Not just bringing a man back from the dead, because he has done that. Because Jesus did that in his ministry. Three times people came back from the dead, and there were more, I'm sure. But there are three recorded ones. And I mean, Lazarus was the longest one. You find that he was brought back from the dead after four days so what god was doing is something brand new and he details it in the next few verses okay but the bible says the amount of power that was exerted to do this is the amount of power that is available for god to bring to pass whatever he's asking you to do next and it's one of those things that we're going to look at that today that the new will always require an exertion of god's power to bring it to pass he's not asking you to do it he's he's working with you but the actual heavy lifting the lord is going to do it and ladies and gentlemen it's 7:14 and so let's take our declarations and then we'll come back to this um, if you, this is your first time, this is what we are declaring over our nation, and please declare it over the nation that you are in, and I will lead you as follows. The Bible says, so this is how we go. So, O oh Lord, we are your people, called by your name. We humble ourselves and we pray. We seek your face. We turn from our wicked ways. Hear from heaven, Lord, forgive our sins and heal our land. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. And then now that we're going to declare that, we declare our land is healed in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. And so, ladies and gentlemen, that's our declaration whether for whatever country you are in that's the declaration where do we get that from just for your reference is second chronicles chapter 7 reading from verse 14 second chronicles 7 14 you will find that declaration there and so please 7 14 in the morning 7 14 in the evening let's declare that until we see it 
in, as a reality. Okay, fantastic. So what we're looking at is when God wants to bring the new into reality, there will be an exertion of power. Now, the yardstick he's given us is found in this verse of scripture. So let's look at what God did. He didn't just bring Jesus back from the dead. This is what the Bible says. And I'll read it. I'm going to read from verse 20. And I'm going to read in the Amplified Classic Version. And the Bible says, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named above every title that can be conferred, not only in this age and in this world, but also in the age and the world which are to come. And the Bible says, and he has put all things under his feet and has appointed him the universal and supreme head of the church, a headship exercise throughout the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. For in that body lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete and who fills everything everywhere with himself. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's understand what God did when he raised Jesus from the dead. It wasn't that he just raised him from the dead and then just sent him off running. The Bible says he gave him a position that will never be trumped in whatever season it will, will, that we will ever see. That's how high it was. Now, what I want you to understand is Paul presents this or the Holy Spirit through Paul presents this and says, this is the amount of power. This is how deeply God will get involved with whatever he asks you to do next. And what I want you to think about, and what, this is one, the reason I think this is, is, is one, of, one of the great verses is this. Um, so you, what I want you to think about is this. Keep this in mind. What, notice what he says. He gave Jesus such a position of authority. Remember, this would have been against every type of opposition you can imagine. So I want you to please remember, there's nothing that you are facing that God has not already overcome. Um, to, to give you... So, so to give you some insight, so what I want you to think about is this. When God wants to bring the new into the world, when God wants to take you into a new season, there is an expectation that the miraculous will show up. Turning your Bibles, please, to Isaiah 43 to drive this home. And I want you to please remember the, the, the verses, Isaiah 43, and I'm going to read 18 to 19. Um, 18 to 19, relatively famous verses, because we've looked at it quite a bit. Um, and I want you to remember, the Bible says, just before we go to that verse, remember what I'm saying, please hear me. The Bible says the same amount of power that God used to place Jesus 
in the position that he just described is available to you if you believe. There is nothing that you are facing that God is not going to back you up beyond your wildest dreams. There's nothing he's about to ask you to do. There's no level of ministry, no expression of ministry, life, family, work, or whatever, that he says that the same amount of power is available to you. All you have to do is believe. And I hope that's comforting for somebody. Turning your Bibles now to Isaiah 43, verses um, Isaiah 43, and we're going to look at verses 18 to 19. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says, remember ye not, I'm, I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? That's, we accept that. But this is what the Lord then says. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert, meaning for me to bring the new into the world, I will exert a level of power that the miraculous will make happen what I am asking you to do. So we have an expectation that when the Lord points us towards the new, whatsoever it may be, whatever the expression of the new is for you, and as we go forward, one of the things that we can expect is that the miraculous working power of the Lord will be available for us to make it happen. Ours is to obey. It is God's to make it happen. Um, and I hope that really encourages someone as you go forward, be reassured that the kind of power that is available is not matched in the universe. So God has got your back. Okay, so let's go to the next one. Um, let's go to the next one. We'll make it, we're making great progress, ladies and gentlemen. And so the next thing we want to talk about is God will always birth the new in your life when you are alone with him. And it's very interesting that he does this when you are alone with him. So when God wants to birth the new in your life, many times he will separate you, whether it be physically or just by circumstances, he will get you on your own. So this is a one-on-one -on -one thing. And I'll give you, I'll give you a few examples. Um, some of them are, are a lot of fun. Uh, when I say a lot of fun, they're very interesting. And I hope you enjoy the journey we go on now. So when he wanted to change the journey of Abraham, the Bible says, and I'll put it into the chat for you. Um, so if you turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 13, reading from 14 to 18. So Genesis 13, 14 to 18. And the Bible says the following. 
the Lord is about to move Abraham into from one phase of his life to the next. Listen to what happens. And the Bible said, and the Lord said to Abraham, after that lot, what, let me read that in the Bible in basic English. It, it, will, it will be great. It's the same thing. Okay. And the Lord has said to Abraham, after Lot was parted from him, from this place where you are, take a look to the north and to the south and to the east and to the west. For all the land which you see, I will give to you and to your seed forever. And I will make your children like the dust of the earth, so that if the dust of the earth may be numbered, then will your children be numbered. Come and go through all the land from one end to the other, for I will give it to you. And Abraham, moving his tent, came and made his living place by the holy tree of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and made an altar there to the Lord. So what does God do? God wants to move Abraham from one face to another. What does he do? He creates a situation where it's just him and Abraham. He was called Abraham then. He hadn't been changed his name to Abraham. What I want you to realize is when God wants to do this, he gets you on your own. The reason being is it's a one-on-one -on -one relationship with him. Please remember that. And so what God's going to do, and I'm going to give you a couple more examples. There are a couple of famous examples. Um, we've looked, Pastor Agu looked beautifully at the one in, at, of Joshua, and we're going to look at that in a moment. But for Abraham, he said, you know what, Lord, let me show you tomorrow. But he only showed him tomorrow when he had separated him from Lot. Lot went his way, Abraham went his way, and then the, the Lord said, this is what I'm going to do tomorrow. So come with me, please. Also, I'm going to go quickly through two or three examples. I think this is, is I think the Lord is going to make a bit, a bit of a point here. Um, Genesis chapter 28, we're going to look at Jacob. Um, Genesis 28, it happened to Jacob twice. Actually, for sake of time, please let's go to Genesis 32. Let's go to the famous one. Genesis 32, and I'm, I'll give you where the story is, 24 to 31. So this is where God shapes Jacob's world. Um, Genesis 32, reading from 24 to 31. And then the Bible says the following. Um, I'm, I'll read. The Bible says, I'm reading from the Bible in basic English. Then Jacob was by himself, and a man was fighting with him till dawn. And when the man saw that he was not able to overcome Jacob, he gave him a blow in the hollow of his leg so that his leg was damaged. And he said to him, this is Jacob speaking to the man, let me go now for the dawn is near. Or this is, this is the man speaking to Jacob. But Jacob said, I will not let you go till you have given me your blessing. Then he said, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, for in your fight with God and men, you have overcome. Then Jacob said, what is your name? And he said, what is my name to you? Then he gave him a blessing. And the Bible goes on to say, and Jacob gave that place the name of Peniel, saying, I have seen God face to face, and I am still living. The key element was Jacob was by himself. The Lord wanted to shape his journey. 
and he needed Jacob to realize certain things. And so the Lord waited or created the circumstances until Jacob was alone. And in this case, you realize Jacob wrestled with the Lord. It's not always going to be easy for you to accept what God wants to do, even when God's trying to show you something that will bless you. And I'll show you what I mean. Um, and it's something that I want you to hold on to. I'll read the same verse, the same verses, but I'll read them from the Amplified Bible. And so I'm going to read the same things, Genesis 32, and I'm going to read from verse 24. And I'm going to read the same verses in the Amplified Bible. So you realize, because Jacob was wrestling, God was trying to get him to go one way. Jacob was very used to making deals and he wrestled with the Lord. Now, I'm sure some people may find themselves in the very same position, but please hear me what I'm, please hear what, what happens. And I'm going to read from 24, from the Amplified Bible. And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. And when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And Jacob's thigh was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go for the day's breaking. For day's breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you declare a blessing upon me. The man, who we realize was the pre-incarnate Jesus, asked him, what is your name? And in shock of realization, whispering, he said, Jacob, supplanter, schemer, trickster, swindler. And he said, your name shall be called no more Jacob, supplanter, but Israel, contender with God, for you have contended and have power with God and men and have prevailed. Pause. So what was God doing? God needed him alone because what he wanted to show him was so important that he needed total focus. And so what you realize is when God draws you to be by yourself, he doesn't draw you away from himself. He draws you to himself. And when God draws you to himself, it's a one-on-one -on -one relationship. God wanted to show Jacob that your challenge is what they called you. And that has followed you all your life. And he said, now I'm going to make a fundamental change. You will no longer be called or suffer the effects or be influenced by your name, Jacob. So you will no longer be a natural trickster, swindler, cheat. You will now be called Israel. You are now a man that has, you are referred to as having a, the power of a prince with God, for you have contended and overcome. That changed Jacob's life forever. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what you begin to realize is God is doing the same with you. Now, this, I, I actually want to go through a couple more because I sense in my spirit that this is probably really important. Um, I've spoken about Joshua's one. That was, that's been preached beautifully. But let's have a look at David's one. Um, I will come to your question. Let's have a look at David's one. And so this is David. And it's 1 Samuel. 
22, reading from verses 1 to 2. 1 Samuel 22, reading from verses 1 to 2. Okay. And the Bible says the following. I'll read from the Bible in basic English first. So David went away from there and took cover in a strong place at Adullam. And he was basically alone. And the Bible says, and his brothers and all his father's people hearing of it went down to him there. And then the Bible says the following. And everyone who was in trouble and everyone who was in debt and everyone who was bitter in soul came together to him and he became captain over them. About 400 men were joined to him. So I want to pause for a moment. When God wanted to shape Abraham's journey, because Abraham and God had uh, a relationship that was founded on conversation, God could tell Abraham, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. God's relationship with Jacob was different. Jacob at that point in time was resisting God. So God had to slow him down and literally get through to him that, look, I need your attention, focus on this. With David, in this particular case, God actually doesn't say much to David. What he does is he sends to David the people who will shape his tomorrow. All of them are in a worse state than he is. The Bible says they had three qualities. They were in debt, in distress, and they were discontented quoting from the, the, the King James Version of the Bible. But the key was David becomes their captain and his relationship with them shapes the next phase of his life. Why am I saying this? God will get the new through to you in whatever way works for you, okay? God will get it through to you in whatever way works for you. So don't think that, well, God's speaking to this person this way. Maybe, no, no, no. Whatever works for you. Now, if you think about it, another thing you'll see is um, a, a great story is found in 1 Kings 19. Even though we've made our point, 1 Kings 19, you find Elijah coming off the back of his battle with the prophets of Baal and the Lord literally gets him on his own. In 1 Kings 19, you see the Lord work with Elijah. It's, it's a great piece of, it's a great piece of um, scripture. In Genesis 28, reading from 10 to 15, you find God shaping um, Jacob's journey at the beginning. We went to the example at the pivotal part, which is after he's come out of Laban's, but that was, so, so I've, I've sent those scriptures to you. That's why I said Genesis 28, 10 to 15, but because of time, I thought we wouldn't go through that one. So now what I want to look at is first Kings 19, the entirety, if you look at the entirety of it, so I won't read through it. I will tell you the story. It's great because I want to go to one more major example. First Kings 19 and if you read all of it, that is God's journey with Elijah. And it's a wonderful journey. And it, it, it's, it's, you realize the kindness of a loving God, where God literally stops him, refreshes him, repurposes him, 
draws him to himself, and then, and only then, explains to him that you're not alone, and then gives him a new task. So if you really want to understand how the new comes into the world, ladies and gentlemen, and how God probably is working with you, please go through 1 Kings 19. It's preacher's material, but I can't go through it today. I want to go through one more example before I move on. Now, this one, please turn in your Bible to, let's have a look at Jesus. Matthew 3 from 16, and the story ranges to Matthew 4.11. Matthew 3.16 to Matthew 4.11. And this is how God shapes Jesus's journey. Verse 16, and the Bible says, I'm going to read the King James Version of the Bible. And Jesus, when he was baptized, okay, so Jesus has now come, I'll give you the background story. For those of you who like to read it, Jesus has come to find John the Baptist and he comes to John the Baptist and he says, I'm coming to be baptized. John the Baptist says, why are you coming to me to be baptized? I need to be baptized by you because he had already spoken about Jesus' baptism of the Holy Spirit in Matthew 3.11. Jesus said, let it be done now because it's best we do it so that we can fulfill all righteousness. And the Bible says John baptizes him. So it's important to us for us to realize Jesus is operating as a man. He's put down all his deity. He's operating as a man. And then the Bible says the following from verse 16. And I'm going to read from 16, but I'm also going to read up to chapter 4 verse 1 and then i'll tell you the rest of the story matthew 3 16 and the bible says so we're picking up the narrative from there and jesus when he was baptized went up straight away out of the water and lo the heavens were opened unto him and he saw the spirit of god this is john and he saw the spirit of god descending like a dove and lighting on him notice what we said when God wants to bring the new into the world, as we read in the verses in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter one from verse 17, the Bible says the process will begin by God giving you the spirit of wisdom. The Bible says God baptizes the Jesus with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes down and fills Jesus Christ. Then the Bible says, and verse 17, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. God makes a public announcement that this is my son. That's so he's pointing him to the new. Okay. He says he acknowledges that this season of your life is over and a new one is about to begin. Come with me, ladies and gentlemen, to Matthew 4, verse 1. The Bible then says, Then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. So all of a sudden, Jesus leaves all the crowds and he, the Holy Spirit takes him into the wilderness. It's an amazing story. Then he goes, we find the, where we see spiritual warfare at its highest. 
Satan comes and Jesus wins each time. But what I want you to notice is that pattern, God sends his spirit. So he sends his spirit, then he speaks, and then he leads Jesus to a place where he's alone, and then things happen next. Now, what I, why am I saying it like that? Because I, I want you to realize God wants to talk to you individually. So when I say alone, it doesn't mean you'll lose all your friends and family. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is God will create a place where he has your 110% focus. He will create a place where you can be alone with him. It might be a, it might be a momentary place. It might be a season of prayer and fasting. It might be a season where you are completely focused on God for something, or you're completely focused on God in your studies. But I want you to remember that place of relationship. It's so personal. That is where God will plant the seeds of what is going to happen next. And we see it throughout the Bible. But I want you to also realize, please keep this in mind. When God does it, he means you well. So sometimes you may find yourself, wait, oh, I, had to, I had to change country, or I had to change job, or I have to make adjustments in my life where I'm not as confident as where I was. I have to start a business all of a sudden. I have to move town. Whatsoever it may be, where God will cause you to walk with him alone. It might be experientially, physically. It might be an emotional state. You might be praying for whereby what you're believing God for will focus you on one thing. You and God are walking one-on-one. -on -one. What I'm saying is in those places, ladies and gentlemen, God will drop the seeds of what is going to happen next. And he's notice he did it with Jesus in a beautiful way. He filled him with the Holy Spirit, then spoke, then led him. With Abraham, it was a conversation. With Jacob, it was a battle. With Joshua, it was an experience where Jesus, the pre-incarnate Jesus, appears to him and says, I am the captain of the Lord's host. With David, he sends people to him. So David stepped into a role and realizes this is my next. With Elijah, it was everything all put together. Restoration, recovery, refreshing, and then an experience that sets him into tomorrow. So that's an, that's an amazing one. With Jesus, it was a public announcement. It was a massive turning point in his ministry. And then he overcomes a major challenge at the end of which the Bible says Jesus' ministry goes to another level. So ladies and gentlemen, so what I want you to realize is this. The, let me say this and then I'll answer your questions. When we are speaking about the new, you're not necessarily, it's not going to come whereby it's going to come from a pulpit in that sense. It's going to come as a personal relationship with God, whereby God speaks to you individually. It might be confirmed from a pulpit and you will find the framework of it come from a pulpit. 
but your part in it and your walk with God is going to come from him. He's going to put a word in your heart that means everything to you, that will shape the next phase of your life. That's key. And so what you also realize is as you begin to walk in that, and as each person begins to walk in that individual journey, you'll find us operating as a movement. We're all going into the new and God wants us all to get there. Okay. So um, I, hopefully that helps. I really pray that helps some people because I'm sure some people are finding themselves there. It's like, wait, everything, all the lights have gone off. The Lord is working with you and is about to speak into your life. So let me answer your questions. Um, the first question is what happens when one misses the signs of the separation, especially in this new season, does the new remain new for that person although it's happening for all others let's settle something we spoke about this on sunday god is more determined to get you into the new than you are that means notice in all those five expressions god got to the people he wanted to get into the new in a way that they could manage it and so please understand that this is the beauty and also there is a lot of grace right now when god wants to bring you into the new he's going to do the heavy lifting he's going to get you to a point where you will listen to him and that's one of the beautiful things that we've seen notice in each case we looked at five different cases all across i could have added paul before he became or saul before he became paul where god stopped him physically knocked him off his horse, hit him with blindness, and then sends a man called Ananias and tells him that Ananias is coming. He will lay hands on you and he will tell you what's going to happen next. So let's clarify. God knows how to work with each one of you. So if you feel that you've missed those elements of separation, pause for a moment. God's not done yet. So all you have to do, remember, where it may feel like, well, God, I missed you. No, he's right beside you. He is right beside you. And all you've got to do is retune. And listen, this is what we spoke about this on Sunday. Where I, actually, we'll come to that in the next point if we get there tonight. But remember, God will find a way. He will begin the process of renewal in your heart, your soul, and your mind first before he makes this massive announcement or massive course change so work with him in that so remember if you feel you've missed it then just go to god in prayer and say lord if i've missed it please tell me and the bible's he's the bible says that he's he loves you and he will come back and he'll tell you james 1 5 is actually quite interesting let me as i answer that question James 1 verse 5, um, you can read to verse 8, so we'll put that there. The Bible says, if anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. For God gives wisdom liberally and he does not upbraid. Meaning, if you feel that you've missed it or you feel that you need guidance, just ask him. And the only thing that God asks is what he asks all the time. Just believe me when I tell you. That's all I'm asking. Okay. And so please, I hopefully that answers your question. The second question we've got is, is it a requirement 
for you to be alone. Let's pause for a moment. When I say alone, God can create an experience for you that is only you and you can be in a service whereby God will speak to your heart or God will cause something to, to make an impact on your inside that is completely different. Let's look at David's example, just so you that it's not a requirement. David was alone, but then his family come and then the people that he's meant to serve come. And as he serves those people, his season changes. So what I want you to realize is it is when I say alone with God, it means he, you, he will have your 110% of your attention. That might be momentarily. When he spoke to Paul, everybody else saw a light. Only Paul heard the voice. That's in Acts chapter 9. So you begin to realize that it's not a requirement for God to separate you. Sometimes it is. Like when I gave my life to Christ, one of the things I found was, I had to make a choice that all my old friends, I had to make an absolute break that God, I'm not going to get this thing done without the break. That was my journey. For other people, it's different. So God will work with you where you are. I hope the examples have shown that. That's a really good question. And so hopefully that answers your question. Your question is absolutely great. It makes this so much more fun. Uh, okay, so hopefully we've answered that. The next thing about the new, is this let me put it in this way the new will be born let me get it right hopefully i can type this quickly be born from a restlessness or discontentment <laughs> ladies and gentlemen let me the the scripture i'm going to use um, to, to, back, to back this up, to give you an example. Many times when God wants to bring the new in, he will remove the grace for you to endure the old. Now, this is really important. If you look at 1 Kings 19, in 1 Kings 19, Elijah panics. Because Jezebel sends a message that by this time tomorrow, I'll make sure your life is like one of my prophets. Why does he panic? Because the message gets through. And so he thinks, remember, this is the man that has confronted 850 people. He has called fire down. So what was his panic that, wait, have I done something? What happened? Has God shifted? Because for the last three and a half years, this woman wasn't able to find me. Her husband couldn't find me. And I'm walking in a grace to get something done. But once that task was done, the grace was lifted. The woman sends a message and it causes him to panic. And he panics, not because he doesn't believe God. It's like, wait, something's changed. And why? Because God has removed the grace for the old season as he's bringing in the grace for the new season. So what I want you to realize is a restlessness or a discontentment will give birth to the next season in your life. Let me use one, I'm watching the time, but let me use one scripture, which, which I find is quite interesting. 
when Jacob and Esau are their father says, I'm reading from Genesis 27. In Genesis 27, the story is as follows. Isaac realizes that he's about to die. He says to Esau, his first son, that he says, make food for me and I'll bless you. His wife hears, gets her son, Jacob, that listen, your father's about to give the blessing to your brother. Not knowing that his brother had transferred the blessing to Jacob, thinking that what is this blessing going to do for me because I'm hungry? That's part of the story. Jacob, to cut a long story short, cooks the food, covers himself with hair, goes to his father, and he's blessed. Esau realizes that the blessing has been given to Jacob, and he cries out in agony. And he says, oh, my father, let me read from 35. And so he cries out in agony and he begins to, he says to his father, do you not have one blessing? Verse 38, Esau said to his father, have you only one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, oh, my father. And Esau lifted up could not control his voice, and he wept aloud. Then Isaac, his father, answered, your blessing and dwelling, and he starts to, that cry, Isaac begins to bless him. And this is what Isaac says. Your blessing and dwelling shall come from the fruitfulness of the earth and from the dew of the heavens above. The Bible then says in verse 40, and verse 40 is our focus. Verse 40 is our focus. He says, by your sword, you shall live and serve your brother. But the time shall come when you will grow restive and break loose and you shall tear his yoke from off your neck. Now, keep this in mind. That means there comes a point that in everything you're doing, all of a sudden, a restlessness will announce that things are about to change. And he said, listen, there's a restlessness. That means where you are, will it will no longer be sufficient that we can't do things like this. And if you look at the life of different people in the Bible, you realize something happens on their inside in that Moses gets to his people. He sees an Egyptian beating an Israelite and he snaps. Although he's early, but remember, the restiveness is just to tell you a change is coming. Let God tell you when that change is coming. So he realizes, you know, no, this is this is not this is not, not me. Something has to change. Joseph realizes a, a change is coming and says to the butler, when you get back to Pharaoh, remember me. I've been here for a long time. This is the first time Joseph complains. And he says that I'm here illegally. Just tell Pharaoh that all I want to do is go home. So what I want you to begin to realize, the Bible says that Jesus, just before he goes to the crucifixion, and you'll find these, this in, in Luke 22, you'll find also that what Jesus is going to, the, he says that, I am sorrowful unto death. Something makes him restless 
in that a change is coming. And so, ladies and gentlemen, please, let's settle something. Please keep, let me keep this in mind. When God wants to announce the new in your life, a restlessness will come. Let me give you an, a, a last scripture on that and keep this in mind. And I have one question. Um, I have a question I'm going to try and answer. Okay. Please turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Matthew 5, verse 6. Okay. The Bible says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Notice, a hunger or a thirst is that feeling within that you know what something is missing this is not how things are meant to be this is not the way it should be something has to change life cannot be the way it is and all of a sudden you realize that that is god informing you that a change is coming it is not the actual information it is just the restlessness that will give birth to God speaking to you and telling you where to go. But keep that in mind. So that's the next thing I want you to remember that a restlessness will give birth to a new season in your life. And so ladies and gentlemen, we're going to stop there for tonight. And let me say a prayer as we close out tonight. And Father Almighty God, I pray for each person. I know for a fact that Lord, you are without a doubt, doing some amazing things in the lives of your people. And I pray from the bottom of my heart, and I pray for everybody listening by podcast. Father, let them know that you are their shepherd and that you will lead them safely to a place where the new will become a reality, that you're not letting them go. When you draw them away from what the noise, the, the hubbub, you are drawing them to yourself. And Father, I pray for kindness and confidence. And Father, if it be that anybody has missed it, if it be that anybody has missed your nudges, Father, I ask you to kindly repeat them. Kindly re-cause that season to come back around again so that they can step with you as you go forward. Father Almighty God, we just want to say thank you we ask you to bless each person. And Father Almighty God, we commit each person into your hands. In Jesus' most holy name, amen and amen. May God bless you, ladies and gentlemen. Have a wonderful week and have a great bank holiday. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Bad. 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 God bless you. God bless you, Pastor Bad. God bless you.